Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Guys, I'm going to talk today from Matthew. We're going to look at a passage that's very familiar to you. It's the passage concerning the visit of the Magi or the visit of the wise men. And we're going to see from this passage, I think it's a very interesting passage, that there are three different reactions to the birth of Jesus. You know, when you get the news that someone is going to have a baby, you usually get a positive response from people. But maybe you've experienced or maybe you have seen sometimes where news that someone is going to have a baby draws a negative response. And so what we're going to see today is that the same thing's true in Jesus' day. But actually there were three different responses. And so we're going to talk about those three different responses to the news of Jesus' birth And we're going to see that nothing's really changed because they're basically the three different responses that we see to the whole concept of Jesus even today. So what we're going to see is is immediately from his birth, there is a reaction to Jesus. Does everybody understand that? In fact, you may want to write this down. Jesus Christ draws a reaction from people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jesus Christ draws a reaction from people. And it's going to be manifested in one of three ways. And we're going to talk about that today. We're going to read this passage concerning the visit of the wise men. Now, I don't want to spoil it for people because maybe you're into the traditions that we have in our country concerning the birth of Jesus and the wise men. But I'm I'm going to help you set the setting here, help you to understand before I read the passage. And, And it might upset some of you, but it might not. I mean, the reality is, is number one, we don't know how many there were. I know that when you Watch television. They say there's three. We don't know that there are three wise men. We just know there are wise men, plural. It might be three. It might be 20. The other thing you need to realize is they did not come to Jesus in the manger. The scripture we're going to see said they came to him in a house. He's living in a house by this point in Bethlehem. So it's not at the cave or the stable that they come. So I just want you to be aware of that. The other thing I just want to kind of help you set the tone is, It's probably two years after his birth. It's not on the night of his birth, but probably two years after. Now, how do you know that, George? Because when Herod decides to kill the children, the baby boys of Bethlehem, he he orders them, based upon the timing of when the star was seen, to kill children the ages of what? Two and under. So it's possible that Jesus is by this point, two years old, which is still a what? Toddler. We still refer to them as what? Babies. And we we also recognize that must have been pretty hard on Mary because that's the terrible twos, right? Although I don't think Jesus was terrible. All right, well, let's look at this passage together. We're going to focus, as we read it, on the three different reactions. Notice with me chapter 2, verse 1. The Apostle Matthew writes, Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born the king of the Jews? 
For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. And they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it was written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are you not the least among the rulers of Judah? For out of you shall come a ruler who shall shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them the time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. When you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. And when they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their gifts, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now, when they had departed, behold... The angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the child, young child and his mother and flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry. And he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and all of its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had been determined from the wise men. Folks, what we're going to see in this passage is, is that there are three different reactions to Jesus. Three different reactions. I'm just going to tell you what they are right off the bat. We're going to, first of all, see the seeker or the seekers, those who are seeking to understand him. We're going to, second of all, look at the indifferent. There's a group of people who are basically indifferent to the whole concept of Jesus. doesn't really matter to them. They're aware of things, but they're indifferent. And then we're going to see the hostile, which is represented by King Herod. Now, if you think about it for a moment, think about those three reactions to Jesus. The seeker, the indifferent, and the hostile. Would you say that that would be very true about the reactions to Jesus today? Would you say that's true? We basically see that today. We see people today who are truly seeking. They want to know. But we also see people who really, really it doesn't matter. They don't care. It really doesn't bother them. You can believe that if you want. But it really doesn't seek in to them. And then second of all, we see the hostile, which we see that very much so in our culture in our world today. So let's take them each one by one. We'll first start off with the seeker. We notice that in verses 1 to 2. And we see those are represented by the Magi. Now let me just explain to you who the Magi are. We're not for sure who they are. They're called wise men. They're more than likely astrologers because they obviously saw the star. So they're astrologers. Some think they came from the east, meaning 
probably the kingdom by, of this point, which maybe you don't are aware of from your Bible history, a kingdom called Parthia, which also incorporated part of Iran, what we would call Iran today. And so they came seeking whatever, maybe they had an understanding of Jewish scriptures, whatever, they came seeking an understanding of who, who the child was and where the child was so that they could come and worship him. But we're going to see two things here that I want you to see about a seeker that is true about seekers even today. Number one, they are on a quest to find the Christ. They're on a quest to find the Christ. They're on a journey. They're on, they're on wanting to find out who the Messiah is. Who's the Redeemer? Who's the one who's going to bring peace to their souls? Who's the one who's going to bring peace to this world? There is a quest for understanding who this Christ is. And we see that very evident in their lives. In fact, so much so, think about what they're doing. They didn't just see a star. And if the time frame is about right, from the time of the, of the star appearing to the time that they go, there's two years. They've been seeking information about this star and what this star represents for how many years? Two years. Think about this now. They didn't just travel. You hop in a car and say, hey, we're just going to hop over to the next town and find out what's going on over there. They got on camels, journeyed across the desert to go to Jerusalem, appear before a king and ask a question, hey, where's this king that the star in the sky tells us about? These people are serious about what? Wanting to know more information, wanting to find who? The Christ, the Messiah. They're on a quest. They're on a quest. And here's what they wanted to do. Notice what they say to him. Let's look at the scripture here. Look at verse 2, the last part. For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. What are they wanting to do here? This is my second point about the seeker. They want to humble themselves before one who is greater. They want to humble themselves before one who is greater. Now let me just stop for a moment because I think this is a good time to talk about what worship is. We're in church. We just had, quote, the worship segment which is the music segment. And, and what's lost to us today in 21st century Christianity is, is a whole concept of worship. And what I mean by that is for, for most of us, when you say worship, you think about what? Singing songs. How you feel while the songs are happening. We think in terms of music. And, and you'll hear people say, I just love the worship at that church. What are they talking about? The people? They love the people and how they're acting at that church? No, no, they're talking about the music at that church. Let me just stop for a moment, folks. This is not what that passage is talking about. That is not what biblical worship is. Worship is basically, from the word, what it means is, is to place yourself beneath someone. It's an act of respect. So when it says they bow in worship, they bow in respect, they, they humble themselves before one who is what? Greater. So when you and I come to worship the Lord, like in our assembly here, when you and I worship the Lord in our vehicle, when, we, when we're singing songs, we're placing ourselves what? Beneath the one who is what? Greater. 
So what these guys are saying is, is that they're recognizing, they're not just seeking the Christ, this child, this king of the Jews. They're recognizing that this king is someone greater than themselves, and they want to go and what? Worship him. That is, place themselves humbly before him, acknowledging his greatness. That's what they want to do. That's what a seeker wants to do. A seeker understands that there's something far greater than themselves in life. Do you understand that? Write that down. A seeker understands that there is something far greater in their life than themselves. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you realize that? Do you realize that there is something far greater in your life than yourself? If you don't, there's a problem. If you don't realize that, if you don't comprehend that, that it's not about you, there's a difficulty because there's something greater. And that's what worship does. Worship is putting yourself in proper place before one who is greater. And that's what they're doing here. That's the seeker. Now notice now, we look in verses 3 to 6, and we're going to see the indifferent. And this is almost amazing, because I want you to think about the time of this. Herod the Great is king. Herod's not even a Jew. He's an Edomite. He's, for, he's, he's not even ethnically a Jew, but he's ending up being the king of the Jews. And at that time, they're under this, the oppression of Herod, not just Herod, but, but Herod's basically papa organization, which is Rome, who gives Herod the strength to rule. And so they're under the oppression of Rome and Herod, and the people are crying out for who? The Messiah. They're crying out for a deliverer. And so people are very much aware of what the scriptures say about all of the information concerning when this Messiah is going to come, where he's going to come from, what's going to be the situation, what he's going to do. And so they're very much aware of that. So here's what happens. Think about this now. Big caravan shows up in town. Obviously, that's going to be a big spectacle. Do you know what I'm saying? So think about it for a moment. In a small town like Kerbersville, if a big motorcade showed up, with police and everything, flashing lights, and all of a sudden somebody just pulled up and decided they're going to have a pizza at Brothers. They got all of Meadow Street all the way down from Filbert to Meadows, got a big, and all police and everything. Do you think that would get around town? Do you think people on the south side would hear about that? I can tell you they would know about it on my end of town. Boy, it was like, something's going on down there. I don't know who it was. Well, you can almost guarantee that's what's going on. How do you know that, George? Well, it said that what? Jerusalem was troubled by them. Why? Because all of a sudden these folks show up and they say, Hey, we're here to see the king. We've seen his star. Where is the one who was born the king? That would make a, make a big problem, wouldn't it? But I want you to notice something now. Herod's bothered by it. All of Jerusalem's bothered by it. So Herod calls, listen to me, he calls the chief priests and the scribes. Now what's that? That's the religious authorities within the nation. And he just asks a simple question. So where's this child supposed to be born? And here's what they do. Oh, Bethlehem. Don't you know that? Everybody knows that. It's Bethlehem. In fact, it's just 12 miles outside of town, king. It's real close. Here, what we see is indifference. Here's what I want you to see. First point. They know the details about the Messiah. They know the details about the Messiah. You know what? Same thing today. People who are indifferent to Jesus, they know all the facts about the Messiah. It's not that they don't know. They've been around. 
Maybe they've been to church. They've heard the story. They maybe have heard the story many times. Maybe have even flicked through the TV stations, and then one day they're just kind of channel surfing, and then all of a sudden they end up on some speaker who's sharing. And yeah, they've heard it before. Maybe flicking through the radio stations, can't find anything, and they hear some speaker, it intrigues them, and they hear it. And so they know the message, they know the story, but the reality is it makes no difference to them. Because they know all the facts, they know all the details. These folks, they know the details about the Messiah. But that's not just it. Notice the next thing. They're indifferent to the movement of God. They're indifferent to the movement of God. What do you mean, George? Hey, think about this. Somebody shows up, big caravan from out of town, foreign dignitaries showing up saying, hey, we saw a star. And the star's pinpointing where your king's being born. This is obviously something interesting. And in fact, you know the details. You know, man, this is a fulfillment. Obviously, God's doing something. Wouldn't you be a little bit intrigued? Wouldn't you be a little bit wanting to know that 12 miles outside of town is something special going on? What would you do? I'll tell you what they did. Nothing. They just answered a question, and they went back to their normal lives. See, that's where the indifferent are. The indifferent can hear exciting things about what God's doing, and maybe you've even shared what exciting things God's doing in your life with others, and it's almost like, that's nice. Wow. Interesting. Aren't you sure it's coincidence? That's indifference. That's indifference. And one more point. Here's the point. They're okay with the status quo. They're okay with the status quo. That's why they're indifferent. That's why they're indifferent. It's because they're okay with the way things are right now. Don't interrupt my life. Yeah, I know all the facts. I know all this. I know what it says. I've heard it before. But I really don't want to do anything about it. I just like things the way they are. And that's where people are at. In fact, folks, let me just explain to you. There are few seekers, many who are indifferent. And you know that from your life, right? Few people who are truly seeking Jesus. But many who really, to be honest with you, they're not hostile, but they're just what? Let me just live my life. Yeah, I know all that stuff. I don't see the point right now. Maybe later, but they're indifferent. There's one final group here. We see it through King Herod, and we see it, obviously, in our society, even today and around the world. And that's the third reaction to Jesus and the news of Jesus, and that's the hostile response. That's the hostile response. I mean, you can think about it. Here's King Herod. He's, he's not a Jew, so he's not the legitimate. Let me just stop for a moment. Let me say that again. He is not the legitimate ruler of the Jewish people. In fact, how he got to be king, it's, it's an, if you like history, I, w- I would encourage you to read some history about King Herod. I mean, he, he had his own family members killed off. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, he was just was brutal. In fact, Here's what I'm saying. People will say, well, there's nothing in the history books about the purge in Bethlehem. Well, the reason why it's insignificant compared to all the other bad things that Herod did. 
Did you understand what I'm saying? Him ordering a bunch of babies to be killed is nothing compared to all the other bad stuff that Herod did, just to be honest with you. So here he is. He's not the legitimate ruler. In comes these foreign dignitaries wanting to know where the, where the quote, new king is. Do you think you'd be a little threatened? I mean, think about it for a moment. Let's say you're at work. You've been doing your job. And, and somebody shows up and says, hey, where's the new guy that's supposed to be doing your job? How would you be feeling? Huh? Who, where, what? Do you think you'd be happy? No, not at all. You'd be hostile. Here's what I want you to see about them. They are threatened by the reality of Jesus. They are threatened by the reality of Jesus. They're threatened by them. King Herod is threatened. People get hostile. In fact, they're even more vocal than they've ever been. In fact, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Maybe, maybe, let me take that back. They're, they're vocal. They've always been vocal, the hostile. In fact, if you read through American history, they've always been vocal in our society. We just seem to be more aware of it, and that's because of our, more of our mass media that we have. But the reality is, is that people, the concept of God coming in human flesh, living among us, dying for our sins, being made the most supreme person, elevated to a place of supremacy where everyone must bow the knee before him, that concept threatens people. Do you understand what I'm saying? That threatens people. Why? They recognize the threat to their way of life. They recognize the threat to their way of life. Here, because here's the thing. Here's what I want you to understand. Oh, by the way, let me just kind of talk to you about Christmas for a little bit. I was just thinking about this this day. How many of you, when you have your birthday, you know, I'm going to have my birthday here in another month and a half, okay? I'm going to be 48. And and I can almost guarantee this is going to happen. Not. It's not going to happen. But how many of you, this is what happens at your birthday, Okay. We gather around, we have a big celebration, somebody breaks out all the baby pictures from when you were born, and, and, they, and maybe the, 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 the account of your mother giving birth and the extreme pain and everything is read, and all the terrible things that happened, so like, for instance, you know, like we were going to celebrate Sawyer's, we could record that I drove up to the Indiana hospital and hit the wall, Okay. Okay, well, well, you know, with the car, okay, all right, so, I mean, how, how many of you do that when you have a birthday, okay, how many of you do that, do, do you do that when you have a birthday, no, when we have a birthday celebration, we celebrate the person, right, who they are, we're thankful for their birth, but we celebrate who they are and what they're doing in our lives, now, I want you to think about what we do when we celebrate Jesus' birthday, because that's what Christmas is. We focus on him being a baby. But the reality is, folks, he's not a baby. He came as a child, but he grew up. And he went to the cross. And he died. And he was buried and he was raised again. And he sits on the right hand of the Father. And one day he's coming back and he's going to set things right. And he's going to rule and he's going to reign. And I'm going to be honest with you. 
that scares the bejeebies out of people to even think that that's, those beliefs might be true. Because that, if it's true, will mean something's got to change in their life. And I'll tell you what the biggest change is, who's in control of it. Did you understand what I'm saying? The hostility has to do with who's in control of it. And most people don't want God or Jesus to be in control of their life. Do you understand that? And so here he is. He wants to know, Herod wants to know, okay, we're, we're, he asks, calls all of his wives guys together. Okay, tell me, what the, what, tell me what the deal is. Oh, Bethlehem. Oh, oh, go visit him. Send me back word. So I can go and worship him. Yeah, really? Okay. You're not wanting to worship. We'll see that later. Why? Because it's a threat to Herod. Folks, let me just stop for a moment. I, I need to help you here. Do not, do not allow yourself to be discouraged when somebody you share with gets angry with you. It's not because of you. It's because of your Jesus, and they don't want to have anything to do with it. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? That's the reality of the hostile. Here's the other third point here, is that they'll do whatever it takes to remove the threat. They'll do whatever it takes to remove the threat. I mean, think about it. I mean, how brutal can you be? Okay, they didn't come back and tell me who he was, so we'll just do the next step. Kill everybody, not just in Bethlehem, but in the surrounding districts. Kill every child, male child, two years old and under. Brutal. And hostility is not just exhibited in that kind of extreme, but we see it exhibited today in our culture, do we not? In our world. All because people do not want to what? Acknowledge who he is. And if, at the possibility of who he is. The possibility of who he is. So we see three reactions. Three reactions to Jesus. So folks, can I be honest with you? It is the Christmas season. And you're going to meet different people and they're going to have different responses to it. Some people, you know, you can sit there and you and I, if you're a believer, recognize that really there's two different celebrations of Christmas going on. There's, there's the cultural celebration where, where it's, the, it's the, the fun and the ham or the turkey and, and the gifts and, and, and all of that. And the, and the long lines at the department stores and you're waiting for the sale after Christmas. And, 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 and that's the cultural celebration. Yes? Okay. Then there's the reality of what Christmas is for you and I as a believer. It's the celebration of the birth of our Savior. But here's what I want you to understand. That second reality of the birth of our Savior is only significant to those who know Him and those who are what? Seeking Him. The indifferent and the hostile are content with the cultural celebration. Did you understand what I'm saying? Because that's not threatening. It's just a little baby in a manger. So don't get freaked out by Christmas. 
whether or not somebody says Merry Christmas to you or Happy Holidays. Recognize that there's always going to be, what, three reactions to Jesus. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.